if you're a dad that has been repeatedly forced to choose between your employer and your family's needs, this episode is for you. If you face discrimination in the workplace for being a dad or for any other reason, such as being a returning citizen, this episode is for you. My guest will give us real answers for how to get ahead of those challenges in just a moment, so don't go away. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is Joe Ruiz Jr. Joe is a social media business specialist and owns his own business called Social Eye Marketing. He helps businesses attract qualified leads using social media, and he's here to share and help dads who are struggling with work-family conflicts or are struggling just to enter the job market. Joe, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. Let's start off with your favorite dad joke. All right. This is a, uh, a classic joke that um, first. it's probably one of the first dad jokes I remember telling my daughter, so... What kind of bear is toothless? Mm. A gummy bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a wow. classic one, but it's, it's the first joke I remember telling my daughter where she laughed. So, <laughs> you know, I think that's the first time I've heard that one. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, Joe, what is the story behind why and how you became an entrepreneur, starting social eye marketing? Sure. Well, you know, I, I've I, I, it's kind of an interesting kind of weird turn of events, how I got into um, where I'm at now. I started off in real estate uh, back in 2001. Um, I was rather young. I was, I was only 21 years old. Um, and um, I had been a stay at home dad prior to that uh, for the most part. And um you know, I did really well, uh, went through, got through the whole uh, real estate, bubble crash and whatnot, uh, owned some investment properties and um, kind of, uh, you know, went that traditional route with real estate investments and just uh, real estate uh, in general. Um, But then, you know, I did get, I got burnt out with that. And um, in the process of that, I also um, helped co-found the Manhattan Film Festival out in New York City. Uh, with uh, with a good friend of mine, and you know, we started as filmmakers and, and actors and went on. That was kind of our that was kind of our our passion, you know. Um, so I was intertwined in all that for years, and um, once I left real estate, I went back to uh, went back to school and got my degree in uh, internet marketing at a local college here, and um, I had already been doing kind of. Uh, marketing for the festival and working that was like the myspace days and whatnot so i was helping local businesses with things like that already um and then it just kind of um you know spiraled into going the direction of social eye where i became a uh, full kind of a full-fledged uh social media company helping businesses and entrepreneurs uh got a small team behind me uh, and then it kind of came full circle too with the advent of uh, video incorporated into uh, social media. So I had already known that side of things. So it, it all kind of came full circle in the sense that 
our main focus now is, um, you know, creating video content for clients. So, uh, like I said, it all just kind of came, it came about and, uh, came full circle with, uh, what I love to do. <laughs> Why does it seem like we hear of more companies that are hostile towards dads who are trying to care for their families uh, with their time? You know, I think it's, um, I think the biggest thing is just, uh, the way our society is constructed, you know, I think a lot of, um, number one, it's, it's looked down upon or, or, you know, I think a lot of people don't really acknowledge the fact that there are so many, um, dads who <laughs> really are trying to find that balance and don't want to just work, work, work. And, um, I think companies expect that out of men a lot of times. So I think it's just a cultural thing here. Um, you know, we're kind of seeing the old world and the new world kind of meeting meeting mm. here. And um, that old world philosophy was you're a man, you provide for the family, and, you know, the woman takes care of the things on the other side. So now that, um, you know, we're at a point in society where men and women are, are equals and and a lot of men and women in the household are are working. Um, I think I think there is kind of a turn of the tides here, where some businesses are a bit more understanding in that sense. You know, they they realize that most two two in, two person households now are are two income households, so they they do have to um, be a bit more understanding. There are businesses who are friendly towards dads working from home and may even encourage that. The other side is there are a lot of big companies out there. Mm. They're not hard to find, so I won't mention them by name, but they're very mm -hmm. obvious ones that have been out in the news that have been outspoken mm -hmm. about their employees returning to work. Mm -hmm. And if they don't return to the office, they are fired. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what I speak of when I said there's still that hostility out there mm -hmm. and there's still this thinking that you cannot be at your most productive. And the really the big reason they state behind that is it is counterproductive to a team culture that is essential for both uh, success and quality and in profitability. So mm -hmm. that is the, the excuse or reason behind why they are so insistent on employees returning back to the office. But yeah, that is out there, and that's why I wanted to really address that. Sure, and, and and kind of on the opposite side of that, I think too is that uh, the businesses need to understand too, though, that you you need the best from that employee, and sometimes the best from that employee means a little bit more time and balance with with their families, you know. Uh, so I think businesses do need to be a bit more understanding and and when it comes to their employee and what makes them happy, what drives them and, and what ultimately is going to get the best production from them. Uh, the last few episodes I've done have really been focused on the prison population and the fatherless crisis that has come out of that and mm -hmm. what it's doing to our societies, how our societies are crumbling in, in every way from crime to morality to every sense because of that. So there is something to a person becoming a better person and being a more rounded person because they have both their mother and their father in their life around them, both physically and emotionally. Sure. And so when the workplace steals from that, 
mm. what is supposed to naturally be present. I don't, I find it really hard to believe that companies are getting the best that they can out of people. Sure. Right. So what is the answer for dads who need a way out of their conflicts between work and family and how can they get back control of their time and income? Well, I think, I think it just comes down to happiness, you know, and, and what is, what is that work life balance mean for you and, and what, what percentage of each fulfills you and allows you to be the best in both, both areas. Um, each person is different, you know, um, I get that, but at the same time you have to, um, you have to be able to relate, relate to your family, like what that balance is going to look like. So they have the expectations from you and that you can fulfill those expectations to them and, and vice versa to the business side of things. Um, I know not everybody is able to do that because of the way our work society is structured, unfortunately. Um, but ultimately it, 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 there, I feel like there does have to be a point where you have to say enough is enough. I need to be with my family. And, um, as difficult as it may be, and I know, um, you know, it's not easy to find new jobs and whatnot, but you do, you know, if, if you feel like you need more, uh, more of your home life in your, in your life and that job that you're with is not allowing that you need to do what's going to make you and your family happy. Ultimately, that's what matters down the road. Um, and like I said, I know it's it's difficult to go start fresh and even get a new job. But um, in my opinion, you you do need to be happy first and foremost. So to what do and find that balance that is going to make you the happiest. So it sounds like the first step is it starts with a conversation with your own family on mm-hmm. what those needs are. What what does your family need from you in that work-life balance? And the second thing is a very blunt and honest conversation with your employer about mm-hmm. what your family needs are, what you need, what you need from your employer, and whether this is going to work or not. And if it doesn't work, having the courage and a plan in place to leave and go somewhere else. Uh, we did talk earlier. There are places out there in the, there are places in the workplace. There are employers that are friendly towards people who need to work from home or who just need um, a little more help with work family balance. Those places do exist out there and there's quite a few of them, but for the ones that really don't get it and mm-hmm. are not flexible in any way, um, having that a plan in place, and the courage to step out and go somewhere else uh, is the second solution. Yeah, exactly. I think um, once you have you and your partner have the understanding and your your kids start to see those um, expectations fulfilled, you know, that's, that, that's where the, uh, the home life really finds the balance. If you're having a hard time finding that place in the workplace, finding an employer that will take you in and that meets those work life balance expectations. Is there a third option? 
Yeah, of course. I, you know, the, we live in a, a time now where it's, I don't want to say easier, but it's more, um, more possible than ever to become an entrepreneur, you know, an entrepreneurship, um, you know, there's many phases of that many different types of entrepreneurship, but that is always a great option for anybody who wants to take back control of their time. What is the number one fear then that keeps guys from becoming entrepreneurs when that is their best solution? And how do they overcome that fear? Well, I think the number one fear is um, for men, the, the fear of failure, you know, mm. just uh, the fact that it, it's something new, it's out of the norm, it's something different from what they're used to. It's not for sure. It's not a for sure nine to five income. Um, that fear of not succeeding in that venture, I think, just eats people away and pushes them away from even attempting to become an entrepreneur. The The best way to overcome that, I think, is to, um, while you're in your other position, um, attempt different things, you know, try different things, find what you're good at, find what it is you can, you can build a business around. And essentially, if you're able to, obviously, um, you can start funding that new venture with, you know, part of your income, little pieces here and there, and then transition over, you know? So once again, it comes back to a plan, just like if the solution for you ends up being leaving your current place of employment to go find another place of employment that's friendly, having a game plan is Mm -hmm. essential in that process. So what you're saying is you also need a game plan if you have to fall on option three, which is become an entrepreneur and yeah. have that game plan while you're still an employee. Yeah, definitely. You know, a plan is always, always good to have um, just, and it doesn't have to be um, some elaborate plan. You know, it could just be as, as little as a checklist of things that you need to do to, to accomplish where it is you need to get to, whether that's daily, monthly, yearly, whatever, however you want to make it, just create a, steps for that you want to take to accomplish your goals. Are there specific steps that one would need to be mindful of if they're considering becoming an entrepreneur, even steps that might qualify them, whether that's a good fit for them or not? What are, what should they be thinking about? Well, number one, think about what it is that, that you're good at, you know, are you good at sales? Are you good at, uh, you know, online Um, aspects of technology? Are you good at building websites, whatever it might be? Find what it is that you're really good at and build out from there. Are there also signs that what you are good at is something that the market wants? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, there has to be a um, a need for it, but also it could be something that um, a part of something else, you know, that it, it, your direct gift might not be the exact thing that people are looking for, but it might be something that um, a part of a business might need. So, you know, if you do create websites, but you don't want to, you can't build a business around it. Maybe you, you know, team up with a marketing agency or something to that effect, you know, where people, other businesses utilize your services to feed the consumer. Yeah. There's an interesting business model. I saw most people think 
that the traditional business model should or does look like, um, I have this service. Let me just go find people that need that service. Mm-hmm. And then I will go fulfill that need. Yeah. That's what yeah. most of us think of. But there's another really interesting business model where you aren't the one that specifically fills that need. So you go find people that have needs and find out what their specific pain points are. Yep. And instead of you fulfilling that need, you go find someone else who is far better than you at fulfilling that need and connect the two of them. And now three people win instead of two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I said, that, you know, we live in a, a time now, too, where, I mean, we have more choices than ever uh, when it comes to, you know, starting a business with the whole online landscape, whether it be drop shipping or, you know, social media marketing or just running ads for people. I mean, there's so many possibilities out there. I mean, so many people making money just selling online right now in general. Um, I mean, a lot of people just making money off creating content. So, I mean, a lot of possibilities out there right now, even, even if it's, a you know, the option to earn a second income. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of ways to do that in the online space right now. There's a fascinating book that I've been reading by Dr. Roland J. Hill uh, called Theo Economics. Fascinating book. And uh, one of the principles in the book centers around competition and how limiting and actually destructive competition can be. And this also, I think, might be one of the fear drivers why people don't want to get into the entrepreneurial world mm-hmm. is they are scared of the competition component of it. Sure. And uh, that book really validated for me just how destruct- destructive that really is. But what it also did was it opened up my eyes to the reality that there are so many opportunities for collaboration and for cooperation in the entrepreneurial world. Mm. It is a big, big world and there is room enough for everybody who wants to join and participate and be involved. And I give an example of that model of the, of three where you aren't specifically fulfilling that need of that business or that person. You aren't specifically the one providing the service that this customer needs, but you are connecting that customer with someone who could do it 10 times better than you. And that's just one, one of many examples of the cooperation model where there is no competition and everyone wins. That should be an encouragement to those yeah. that, are, that are scared of, of competition. Yeah, a thousand percent. I, I I love that model. It's um, I mean, it's it, like I said, it's a it's we live in a huge world that's interconnected now, um, through 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 the online space, and there's more than enough to go around for everybody. Um, I saw an interesting meme the other day on Facebook. It it said something to the effect of, um, uh it's okay to cheer for people who are doing the same thing as you. There's enough for us all. So, um, you know, there, there, there's cheering for them, but there's also, like you said, there's, there's so much possibility for collaboration out there. And, um, whether it's you guys doing the same thing or even, um, aspects of, you know, the same type of business, like I've, I've done, 
I've built social media content for other social media marketers, you know, and their clients and things like that. So there's always a way to overlap things. And the more you do that, I think that's the quickest way to grow is through collaboration. What are some examples of successes that you've had from what you just mentioned from implementing that model? Um, well, for instance, um, a marketer reached out and wanted her um, her conference filmed and live streamed. So we, we did that for her. And through that, um, you know, it was a room full of marketers. So meeting a lot of people, um, but also gaining new clients, you know, for other potential uh, conferences, stream, live stream events, or even uh, video content creation. So, I mean, that's just one example, but I mean, there's been so many throughout the years where, um, for instance, a marketing company that uh, works out of the same building as me, um, they only handle, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, their, Their growth consulting firm. So they only handle like building your email list and things like that. So um, they needed some marketing. So collaborated with them. They referred me to uh, a couple of clients they had, you know, vice versa, things like that. So there's always a possibility. Referrals happen all the time. In other words, that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and in the referral models, businesses always look for people that they can trust yes. that when they get full, um, they can they can send their clients over to get yep. the same quality service that they would expect to deliver to that customer themselves mm-hmm. and having someone that they can look to that they can trust uh, and even that you would reciprocate if you were in that same sure. position and you had a, a, a little hole in, in the services that you provide and you need to send that customer somewhere, you've got that business in your mind that you would trust sending that customer to. Uh, Mm -hmm. those two, those things exist. And that's another example of how cooperation works. You know, the, the easiest, um, the easiest way to earn a sale is, is through trust, building that trust. Once you have that trust, um, it's not even a just selling anymore. You know, it's just, uh, it's collaborating. Please share some stories of dads that you have helped to become successful in their own businesses. Sure. Um, you know, I've, I've had friends who, um, you know, their parents as well, and um, they've seen me kind of going through this entrepreneurial journey over the last uh, 20 plus years here. And they've, they've come up to me and, and Joe, I've had, I've had this idea forever. How do I do it? Like, I, what, how do I start my business? How do I do this? How do I do that? Um, and one of them even, um, you know, wanted to do the same thing I'm, I'm doing essentially. So, um, just built out a plan for him, helped him, um, step by step. (laughs) Here's what you need to do. You need to go online, get this, 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 you know, and then you're going to need your equipment. You're going to need a plan of attack for what type of businesses you want to work with. And, um, you know, he's out there rocking and rolling as a, uh, video content creator and, uh, drone, drone video pilot. So, oh, fun! Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I've helped him. Um, you know, a few other friends have always, you know, just kind of randomly come up and <laughs> everybody, I think a lot of us 
um, more people than we think have had not necessarily the dream, but just the idea of the possibility of what if I did this and what if I, I took this idea out there and actually did it. But something holds them back, and whether it be the fear or, or just um, an unsupportive spouse sometimes, um, or just time in general, you know, they get consumed, overly consumed with that, their, their job, and um, they don't have time to do it. But a lot of us do have, <laughs> so many people have ideas, but it's about um, taking those steps and then implementing those ideas to make them a reality. If you have that dream in your head bugging you, man, if you don't actually execute on it and actually mm-hmm. do it, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. It'll yes. eat away at you and it will bother you. And you will always wonder, what if I had done that as opposed to where I am now? Where would I be had I actually tried it? I don't mean just dabbled in it a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. actually gave it 110%, pass or fail. What if I had actually tried it? Yes, a thousand percent. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, regret is probably the the worst type of emotion to feel um, in, in any sense, whatever it might be. What You live with that regret. It's something that, eats away at you forever. I still hear my, you know, my dad speaking of a lot of his regrets about things he didn't do when he was growing up. And, you know, uh, I wish I would have did this more. I wish I would have did that. And what we have to, I think all of us should kind of analyze our life, our lives and, and think about those things. Joe, how can dads get a hold of you for help or to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, they can follow me on uh, social media. My my handle's the same at at pretty much every platform. It's at the Joe Reese Jr. That is at J O E R U I Z J R. That's my handle on Facebook, Instagram, uh, everywhere else, pretty much. <laughs> I also have a business and entrepreneurship mentor program called Fire the Guru. And that's just uh, a way to help uh, businesses and entrepreneurs um, achieve their goals and and how to use uh, social media uh, to the, you know, to the fullest to achieve their goals and in their business. Absolutely love that. I'm going to make it easy to find the links as well. So if you go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com, that's thefatherhoodchallenge.com. Go to this episode and look right below the episode description and all the links will be posted there. As we close, what is your challenge to dads listening now? My challenge to dads listening right now is to find an outlet and a passion in your life uh, that can, can give you that sense of fulfillment outside of work and family. That's my challenge to you because it does add to your happiness and uh, fulfillment in life. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. It's been an absolute honor to have you with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.